Here we go. What's up? We're back. Round two. How you feeling tonight? Feeling good. A little nervous again, but... That's all right. That's all right. We got a lot of good feedback. I think we'll get better as we go. Let's hope so. <laughs> all right. We got Coach Bittner in the house. We got at Big Krill, Coach Joe Krilly. How you doing, Krill? Doing good. Doing good. We're going to give a little bit of an intro to Coach Krill tonight. We got a few listener questions. We're going to start a new segment called Flex of the Week with a couple of uh, great performances last week. And then we will talk a little bit about why Impact is um, kind of the certification program that we decided to go with, why we like them. Then we will give some sub-state predictions. Coach, how are you feeling about your predictions last week? I thought... My predictions were really good. Yeah, better than mine. I think we talked about the district with Norfolk Catholic, Wayne, Winnebago, and, and Pearson. It was going to be uh, – it could have gone either way. We got to go watch a couple of games. Or, yeah, some really good games in yeah, that sub-district. Some very good games. and Everyone was pretty close, if I remember right. Yes, yes. And I think the best basketball team came out of there. Wayne's on a roll. Wayne, Wayne's got a lot of good pieces they looked really good. We'll get into more of breaking down tomorrow night. Weather pending, of course. Uh, yeah, I'm not feeling so hot about my picks. I got a lot of confidence going into tomorrow night. So we'll see how it plays out. But we'll get into that later on. First things first, Krill, how you doing tonight, my brother? I'm doing well. Getting ready to go back to Wayne, man. Can't wait. Wayne State. Shout out. Cats nah. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah, because you're not from Wayne State, bud. <laughs> Uh, I'll keep my comments to myself there. All right, we got Madtown Hoops legend. Probably or possibly more technical than points. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> Offensive lineman extraordinaire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. Coach Curley has been with us since the beginning. When the first time I met Coach, he was just uh, a little curly-haired kid coming out of high school, I think, right? Yep. Right out yep. of high school? Yep. Or were you, were you so out of, one year out of high one year school? Out of, yep. One year out of college. Yep. And Coach Krill just kind of helped out the first year and then has taken over. Well, the first year you coach uh, seventh graders? No. My first year coaching. Oh, you've coached my, freshmen all the time, right? No. My first year coaching, I had the eighth graders with like Shay and Shay. Oh, right, right. That was and Sam. Then you had them as freshmen again. Yeah. And yep, then you had, had freshmen. And then I had and, freshmen again last year. And seventh grade white school. Let's, right. let's back up a little bit. All right. I believe his first year. I don't. Beep, I don't believe beep, we even beep. turned him loose on a team. No, we no. did. No, I just sat so, on your guys. Yeah, benches. he just sat at the bench. We had Brady with us, and and I'm pretty sure the Krill was a deer in the headlights. Yeah, and he just kind of sat on the the bench with us, and and came to all the practices, and was just a just a sponge for us. Right. Talk about being a sponge last week, Coach. I think Coach Krill has done a good job just trying to learn, 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 learn. And we'll get into that in a minute here. So uh, currently student at Wayne State. Correct. Correct. Majoring in? Elementary education. All right. All right. 
uh, actually student teaching with uh, one of the best student teacher or one of the best teachers in Northeast Nebraska. Not one, the <laughs> best teacher. In Shout Northeast out, mom. <laughs> yes. Uh, awesome, awesome, good stuff. I know she's like, yeah, he's just struggling big time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, he's doing a good job. What do you got? About a month left of that, or uh, April 29th. Oh, two last, months. Huh? Yeah, a couple oh. months left. Okay, cool, awesome, good stuff. Also, uh, up at up in Tigerland, you're helping Coach Schultz coach up there. Mostly just sitting the bench, right? You're not yeah. leading any squads nope, or anything. Just go to the practices so and just sit on the bench. You talk about again being a sponge coach. How how awesome of an experience is it? And you know, what are the, some of the stuff that you have learned being able to be in game uh, with Coach Schultz, with my boy, shout out Aaron Goots, uh, Coach Schmidt. It's a really kind of a nice little coaching squad. It really is. Yeah, we all complement each other well. And I think we all have kind of our different styles of basketball, but we all have four different minds and bring them together and you get a lot of different ideas on the court. And yeah, I'm just, like you said, a sponge soaking up as much information as possible. And it's a great experience. I'm just kind of enjoying the ride right now, you know having fun with the kids and making great relationships and just been a great time. I'd say one of the biggest things I've learned just watching Coach Schultz, his composure just throughout the game. He finds ways to get the team motivated if he needs to. Otherwise, he just kind of lets them play and time to play ball. And I think the kids kind of know that. If they need a little butt butt chewing, they probably get it. I oh, yeah. Assume. Yep. If they need it, he will provide it. Yeah, I think I think you're in a great spot. Probably couldn't ask for a better coach to be chilling with uh, during your student teaching gig. So, so graduate in May, right? Yeah, graduate in May. What are your future plans? Well, Obviously, well, right trying now, to get, trying to get a teaching gig. Yeah, right now. just kind of applying to openings around the area. I would like to stay around Northeast Nebraska as much as possible. Base myself kind of around the Norfolk area, and then if I ever have to commute somewhere, I think Norfolk's a pretty good area to stay in and go out from there so gotcha awesome man good stuff anything else you want to add coach go tigers hey squad up tomorrow yeah hey, hey coach i got one question for you during your student teaching at osmond with with coach todd schultz and and uh you're having a great season and i know you've hinted on the experience can you tell us about the experience side of it on are you taking notes? Are you on set plays, practices, so on and so forth? Can you give us more of an in-depth on on what what the practices are like at the high school level? Every coach is different, I think. So, like, for us, we start kind of in the locker room, get everyone together, get everyone's mind focused on what to go over the today's plans and usually just go into warm-ups from there. And uh, each day can be different. We kind of just... Pick the, we always try to get free throws and shooting in every day. Uh, those are two big things we like to do. Yeah, we run through our set plays, and we go through offense. We'll do shell drill for defense. Just go through inbound plays, and just anything we need to clean up that we had trouble with in a past game or anything we need to prepare for a future game. But as far as taking notes right now, I'm just – I mean, I have a lot of practice plans, so that's going to help me in the future. But right now it's note-taking. Probably not, not Good. much note-taking, but just watching practice every day and just kind of see how a successful high school team runs a practice is nice to see each day. Good. The other question is is summer basketball, and that's pretty much what me and 
that we do at, at D-League is just summer ball where we'll play five games in a weekend and three days. Not a lot of strategy to it. No. Can, so can you tell us time. So can you tell us about, has Coach let you watch any game film? Oh, um, he, he, yeah, sorry. Uh, he, I have act, Coach Axis to our huddle. So I'm okay. always able to watch game film for scouting-wise or uh, watch reviewing game film from the previous game. And if I see something, I write it down, and we talk. All, us co- coaches always come together and talk about if we saw something different or new that another coach hasn't seen. Interesting. Thanks, Coach. Yep. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Awesome. Yeah, we're looking forward to see how tomorrow goes. Obviously, we've got Coach Schultz, Coach Krill, and quite a few boys up in Osmond that, that have played for us in the past. So uh, best of luck tomorrow, Coach. Best of luck that, uh, what, three hour roughly? We'll call yeah, it three, three hour, and a half, three and a half hour road trip out to Broken Bow. Broken Bow. Broken Bow, baby. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll be rooting for you. It's on TV, I think, right? Got me there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on News Channel Nebraska. At least that's what I've been telling everybody. So I hope that's true. I just kind of go with the flow. Shout out to Mr. Schultz for that. Let's go, Mama. All right. A couple listener questions, Coach. You ready for these? Go ahead. Let's hear him. All right. The first one I'll answer myself. It's I got a few. Hey, what's uh, what's up with Nebraska D League? Obviously, our first pod was named uh, Introduction to Nebraska D League. Really, it's just more of an organizational thing. We're still going to have Norfolk area D League and Fremont area D League. From an organizational standpoint, I feel like it's easier to be grouped under one name, and so. Uh, going forward, you know, our teams won't have any effect on that. So that's kind of an easy one. Second question, and, and I want all of us to answer this. This one is from my man, Cooper Yelenick out from Atkinson, West Holt. Had a great senior season. I got the opportunity to coach Coop last summer. Uh, great kid, great player uh, on the floor, really just kind of a floor general. I couldn't have asked for a better kid to kind of captain my team, I feel like. And uh, he's going big places, um, whether it's in athletics or a profession, it doesn't really matter. He's going big places. So shout out, Coop. Coach, I'm going to ask you first, all right, what do you consider a great shot? Well, first of all, there's no such thing as a great shot. Elaborate. In my opinion. Okay. A coaching clinic I went to probably a couple years ago was talking about uh, labeling shots for players going one through 10 and 10 being the best and then one being the worst. Considering what a great shot is, obviously a layup we would think would be a great shot. But but it's one of the most missed shots in basketball, right? Thank you for remembering that. The layup is one of the most missed shots in basketball. You see it from youth basketball to high school to college and and probably sometimes in the NBA. In my opinion, a great shot is a shot that is in rhythm. It's made with an and one pass. Time out. Explain what you mean by and one pass. An and one pass is a pass to a player who is wide open. But if he made one more pass, he would pass it to a teammate who was more wide open. So often that the first teammate, somebody's probably closing out pretty hot at him. True. And that would still be a decent shot, right? A decent shot. It'd be like a five on a scale of one to ten. Right. Take a five. But if he made the more, the and one, I mean, you see this in in high school all the time or in pickup games. Players are going and one. 
the next pass right. is to a player who is completely wide open and his defender is in the paint and it's an it's another closeout and the player has a completely wide open in rhythm shot. To me that's a great shot. Usually on a layup you've got somebody chasing you and if you don't then it's not playing very good defense or, or whatever have you. But uh so sometimes a layup to me isn't really a great shot. I mean you look at the look at a free throw. To me if you can get to the free throw line, that's a great shot. I mean yeah. it's nobody's guarding you. Believe you've practiced quite a few of them. Uh, just this week in the Omaha World Herald, they had some great stats out from Class A and Class B. I don't know if you guys even saw that or not, but no, they, they had Elaborate. a lot of uh, statistics in there from the most points scored in a season to most points scored in a game, uh, three-pointers, free-throw percentages, all that kind of stuff. And you looked at the top free-throw guys, like Jalen Bradley from Norfolk High was – I don't know if it was game or whatever. Brady Loman had the most consecutive free throws. In the state? In the state. He's wow. listed like in the top 10. Okay. J.C. Bradley was in there. So to me, free throws are pretty much a great shot. Anything else, you know, if you want to scale them, as coaches scale them from 1 to 10, I don't know if there ever is a 10. Right. Yeah. And, and so uh, like a 5 or 6 or 7 or 8, you know, they, they're probably great shots. All right, coach. That's good stuff right there, man. I, I really like that. I'm going to answer mine quick. I Seriously, you took everything I was going to say. <laughs> Basically, yeah, just repeat that in my voice. And that's not, no, I'm just, for me, talking about our program, I guess, maybe I'll go into that. So I really think it, if we run our offense the right way, we can get an open jump shot or an open shot in the lane really at any time. And, and you talk about an and one coach or an and one pass coach. I feel like that's, Every possession, we should be getting that. True. And if we're not, we're not doing a good enough job as coaches to get through to our players that we need to get our teammates involved in the, the extra pass. You know, I always coach when I'm coaching, I say, hey, make your teammates look good. And if you're making your teammates look good, that means you're playing well. You know, look good, feel good, play good, pay good. Right, coach? <laughs> so anyways, but that's that's kind of my answer. Coach Krill, what you got? I think you guys nailed it on top of the head. I got a question for you two. So what's your opinion on like a heat check shot? Say one of your players has hit three threes in a row. Do you just let him pull the trigger for one more? And then if he misses, kind of cut him off and see if he will move the ball around more? Are we talking Coach Schultz at Norfolk City League right now? or Because uh, <laughs> let it fly, baby. Not. Let it fly. You got to let it fly. No, I, I don't think that's – you might disagree, Coach. Actually, I don't think you probably will. I think you'll probably agree with me on this one. But I think we go back to the reason he or she probably made two or three in a row is because it was out of the offense in a good motion, extra pass, whatever the case may be. And in order to get another good shot, we got to continue to run the offense that way. What do you think, Coach Benner? There's a lot of different opinions on this, probably through coaches. My opinion would be is, is watching as much basketball as I've watched and as much training as I've done. If you hit two in a row, then you have a green light. Usually we'll say heat check on the third one. And yeah. so most most players, if they're playing for me or you or whatever, they're going to have a green light. And That's most true. and most would know that if they miss that third one that, right. you know, it's, it's okay, back off. Back off. But I've, I have no problem with a – with a kid coming down, and, and if he's made two in a row, shooting another one, more power to you. More power to you. That's a good point, Coach, because if I'm coaching and, and one of my players is feeling it, the last thing I'm going to say is make an extra pass. True. Keep shooting, baby. Keep shooting. Shoot or shoot, man, for sure. Good question, Coach. Surprise, Thanks, question. Coach. Let's go. 
All right, next question. This one comes from one of my favorite players, uh, probably one of the most athletic. Well, you coached him too, Coach Bittner. One of the most uh, athletic players we've probably coached, Cole Schmidt from Hardington, Newcastle. He's currently a long jumper, maybe triple jump too. Cole, can you confirm or deny that? But he just, uh, as a freshman, I think has won a couple of indoor meets, maybe uh, for sure in long jump, maybe in the 100 as well. So he's he's absolutely killing it up there and keep it rolling, Cole. But Cole asks, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done coaching? We'll start with Coach Krill. Which technical? <laughs> well, I've only received one technical coaching. 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 <laughs> coaching. So, yeah, probably when I got my first technical in the summer in Omaha tournament was probably my most embarrassing time. I felt like it was needed, but afterwards looking probably wasn't the greatest look for our team. So I apologize. All right. Good answer. And I'll follow up with that, Coach Benner. I'll go next. I'm coaching. This was actually Norfolk Junior High. Got a little rowdy. I got teed up. I didn't know that after the first technical, this was probably the first year I was coaching. I'm not sure. I'd have to first think year because I had knee surgery and I could not make yeah. make that tournament. So yeah. I just had my knee scoped again. For the 15th time. Timmy New Knees Bittner, though. <laughs> shout out. Anyways, shout out your knee doctor. No kidding. <laughs> uh, no free ads. Anyways, I was I got teed up. I got a little hot. Got into it with the ref a little bit. I did not know after one technical you have to sit down. So I was up coaching my guys. We're up four, or excuse me, we were down 40 and complete blowout. The team was, you know, this was when we were coaching junior high teams and this was kind of a travel team. So we didn't really have a chance from the get go. Moral of the story said, I'm going to coach my kids until the end of the game. And he said, You have to sit down. I said, Why? Boom. Technical, second one, sit down. <laughs> or actually, get out of there. <laughs> so that was pretty embarrassing. Now I know. I get a technical now, and I just sit down and be quiet. I don't know if I got one last year. I don't think I did. I'm getting, I'm maturing, coach. You're maturing a lot. That's true. I got kids and stuff now. I got actually another one, though, too. So follow up with that. I had watched Coach Bittner's game. This was last summer, I think. I watched Coach Pittner's game. He's, it's close game. I don't know. I think you – well, you were probably up at the time. Other team scores a bucket. Coach had already drew, drew up a plan that if we get full court pressed, which was, you know, a minute less – minute or less left in the game, kid takes it out. Uh, second teammate runs other side of the baseline. They throw it to the second teammate, so he's still out of bounds, and then we throw it deep. Worked perfectly. I go – I have to run that. I can't let Coach Bittner get away with taking the glory for that thing. So moral of the story, about a game, probably like a game later, because we were up like three. Actually, I think it was three because it was one possession. Pretty big game, if I remember right, in the tournament. They score, but I want to say we threw a ball and they tipped it and it went out of bounds. So the ball's dead. Can't run. Uh, other coach calls a timeout. I draw up the same play. Little did I know, you can't do that <laughs> if it's not after a made basket. Anyways, moral of the story, ref didn't catch it. Other coach was pretty hot and should have been. Didn't call it. We end up winning, so it's it's fine. But Coach Bittner let me hear about that. So 
fun times. <laughs> Coach, what about you? What you got? I can't really recall an embarrassing moment in my coaching. I've been coaching, you know, from my sons when they were and my daughter when they were fourth and fifth graders. I can't really recall an embarrassing moment. A lot of bonehead moments, yeah. But you know what, Mitch? There's just really nothing embarrassing in my coaching career so far. We'll have to fact check that. I don't know if that's true. All right. Great questions. Keep them coming. We like that brought up some pretty good conversation. So we would love to uh, see more uh, DMs on Twitter, Facebook messages, just text us, whatever you want to do. We'd love to answer some more questions. So that brings us into our next segment, our D-League Flex of the Week. All right, our D-League Flex of the Week. I'm going to start off the Norfolk Area D-League Flex of the Week. I got to go with with the homie out of Laurel, Noah Shutt. The big dog. The homie. Great game against Crofton, 23 points, 12 rebounds. Granted, sub-district championship, they lost. Real close one against Ponca. Still had 22 points. I want to say he's leading the state in rebounds right now, and he's top five in points. So keep flexing, Noah. We see you. Hoping to make it tomorrow night. We will uh, hope for you guys to be down in Lincoln. We love you guys. And best of luck tomorrow. Keep flexing, my brother. Coach, what you got up in the Fremont area D-League? Well, for my D-League Flex Player of the Week, I've got uh, Ashlyn Greenwood, uh, Nick Schultz. Hey, Nick. Yeah. The kid this summer could light it up. Really doesn't have a conscience. Just likes to, you know, there's not a shot the kid doesn't like. Love it. And uh, I think he put in 24 in their sub-district final. Uh, they got a nice win. Five threes. Is, is that what he ended up with? Yeah, flamethrower, we like to call that. But, uh, and they double-double the first round as well against Conestoga. 11 points, 10 rebounds. But just love Nick, love his attitude, just pretty much a free spirit, just loves to He's play. A kid. Yeah, great kid, great kid. Great smile, infectious smile. Yeah. Uh, you just can't help but just love that kid. I mean, no matter what he does, there's times this summer that – you know, I would have loved to wring his neck, and he knows that. But, <laughs> he does. Uh, he does. Uh, seriously, he's loved, love Nick in our summer program. And uh, I just wish him the best of luck tomorrow night when they play Adam Central. And, and we'll talk about my pick for that game coming up later. All right, a little teaser for later on. Yeah, shout out, Nick. Keep flexing, my brother. All right, that brings us into our next section here of the pod on why we decided to become certified with Impact Basketball. A little bit about Impact, the way they operate, uh, as well as who they work with, why we think that they do such a great job, why we try to mirror their philosophies on a local level here in Nebraska. So, Coach, maybe talk a little bit about how you found out about Impact, a little bit about your experiences meeting Joe, and why you feel it's important for us and the majority of our coaches to be Impact certified. Kind of start with that, and then we'll keep building off of it. Go ahead. 
Okay, thanks, Mitch. I found Joe off the internet, probably a podcast, I believe, is when I first heard Joe. And then I researched uh, the internet again and saw that they had a, uh, a coach's certification, read through all that stuff, and, and decided to pay the 450 bucks at the time to... Uh, to take the class and and try to become certified so you know once you pay the pay your fees you get access to everything and and went through the program and and step by step I think it took me I don't know two three days to get through all the videos and and take all the all the tests and and after doing that and becoming a certified coach it seemed pretty simple I mean it's very simple simple stuff and and basketball is a pretty simple game but it's the the way they do things the way they uh, they put everything together from your nutrition to your workouts to strength training and then they they talk about periodization i hope when i pronounced that right i think you did good coach okay but they talk about the three different periods this for was, a basketball player yeah this was probably one of the most educational things that i learned going through the certification as well coach so i'll let you kind of go through it but i'm going to pipe in i think because this was really cool and i think very important for players to learn Yes. And so the, the three the three seasons of a basketball player are, you know, of course, your off season. And then we have the preseason and then we have the in season. So your off season is basically when you get done with your high school, college season that will go through April, May, June, July and then August. And then about, I believe, eight weeks before your first game, they call that the preseason. And then, of course, then you have the end season, which runs basically from the end of November through March. Right. right. And so, uh, so back to your off season, they have it. You know, they they go through and put down what they think is important aspects of your game that you need to be working on. So, you know, your strength training, you know, for instance, should be you know thirty six to forty percent of your time spent getting stronger. Right. Individual trainings about 36, 40% of your time also. And then you throw a little conditioning in there, but we're really not worried about conditioning in the off season. That's more about uh, getting better as uh, an individual. And then also they put in about 10, 12% for team training, which most high schools get that done. I think some high schools probably focus more on that than, than the individual and the strength. And because of their, you know, they're going to team camps and, and, and so, leagues. Yes. So that is pretty much your off season. And, and so a lot of your, your percentage of time should be spent on individually getting better and not much, you know, conditioning. You know, we're just working on trying to get your skills better and trying to get stronger. And so then we go into preseason, which is about eight weeks before your first game. We move conditioning back up to about 33% of your time spent. And that's, you know, you, you got to get in shape. And then team training kind of moves up a little bit, you know, trying to play with your, play with your teammates. Strength goes down a little bit because hopefully we've, we've gotten you stronger. But you still got to maintain focus and on your strength and, and get in the weight room. And then there's still a lot of individual training going on in your preseason, working on your shot, working on your footwork uh, and passing and all that kind of stuff. And so then we go into the in-season part of it, which is you're playing games now for your team. And so team training really goes up, uh, you know, with your with your high school coach and, and you're working with your team and conditioning, of course. You guys all know you you run a lot. And so – but if you can get a lot of conditioning done before the in-season starts – you're going to be way ahead of the game. And then, of course, you still need to be in the weight room. You know, whatever your, your coach wants you, whatever your strength and conditioning guy 
recommend. You still need to be lifting weights. And then also the individual part of it, and I'm a, I'm a true believer in this, is that, and just as my experience, I've worked, I've did a lot of fall season workouts with kids from, from after Labor Day, September through October, and then I kind of turn them loose because they're with their high school program. And in years past, I've had some players that I usually get back to the moratorium, which is in, you know, between Christmas and December. yeah. Right, right. And so I've gotten a lot of players back in those five days just to do some, some work with them. Cause they wanted to get in the gym and they're not supposed to be working, but you get them in the gym and, and I'm not a high school coach, so I'm allowed to do that. But right. these kids from the last time I saw them in October, Last last week of October. Last week of October. So you're talking a two-month period, basically. Basically, yes. I'll get them them five days, and we'll run through some dribbling drills, and a lot of these kids look like they've they've degressed three or four grade levels. Right. And it's interesting to see. Yeah. And their shooting isn't near as good. Because even though they're playing on you know a couple, two, three games a week for four weeks at that point, they become rusty. Yes. Which is interesting. It's very interesting, and it's and I've seen it the last three years that I've I've been heavily involved in in doing fall workouts with high school kids, and then they come back to see me in the moratorium. It's just amazing how their skill set has diminished. It is. It really is. It's and it's something where you go to keep like a a one individual a week or a morning session in the gym, you know, on their own, whatever the player wants to do can just fine tune that stuff throughout the season, which is, it's, it's almost ironic really, because if you think about it, the summer, that's all we focus on, right? Is skills. Yes. Improving that and increasing that. But then when we need those skills to shine through, we almost forget about it. You know what I mean? Yep. And going back to elaborate a little more on that is I'm a, I'm a true believer in individual training or small group training. And during the season, your high school coach will run, you know, an hour and a half, two hours practice, and they're working on their sets and their, their shell defense and things like that. But there's not a lot of time for them because they're limited on hours. There's not a lot of time for them to, you know, give a kid half hour of shooting or a right. 10 minutes of ball handling. I just believe that a kid needs to get in the gym either in the early morning or stay after to get his individual stuff in other than the, than the team stuff they've been working on. And, and I'm a true believer that if you can get your, your players to buy into that, the more successful you're going to be Absolutely. as a program. Right. It's a good point. Spot on coach. Like I said, that was one of the most, in, I think influential things that I learned about doing the certification, the percentages or the percent of time that needs to be, spent doing those particular things i mean it was really cool you know and and i look back at my college career i think we were pretty close really Uh, i wish i would have spent more time focusing on the skills Mm -hmm. we spent a lot of time uh getting stronger quicker faster that type of stuff i was pretty quick back in the day coach believe it or not is that way back in the day or just the day (laughs) (laughs) way back (laughs) but no I I wish we would have focused a little bit more on that at the time you know for my own career purposes but but going forward to communicate that with kids that hey you know it's the off season now this is what we need to focus on or we're we're two months away from from season 
Let's get it going on on this this type of stuff. And then in in season, let's not forget about the skill training because if you don't do it on a consistent basis, you end up forgetting it or or not being as fine tuned. And that's when you need it. That's that's when your Friday night lights on in front of the court, in front of you know hundreds of people, trying to showcase your abilities and win and, and make plays for your team. And you don't want to be rusty at that moment. That's a big moment for you. Very well said. I will uh, forgive me, Joe, if I if I tell this story wrong. But on one of your podcasts, you were talking about uh, use this analogy of or not even really an analogy, but you talked about the ability to make shots. As coaches, we work on defensive shell drill and we preach defense. And and so one of the stories you told on one of your podcasts was uh, two teams are playing and the score ends up to be sixty nine to sixty seven. And at the end, the coach is going, man, he goes, we, we just couldn't play defense tonight. We, you know, we gave up 69 points. But at the same time, your analogy is that you've, you've shot the ball 60 times and you only made 20 of them or 25, whatever it may add up to be. What would have happened if I'd have got my kids in the gym to shoot for an extra 15 minutes and every kid would have got an extra 20, 30 makes in that day or that week, every day for that week? What would have happened? Would we have made two or three more shots to let us win 71 to 69? You know, my philosophy is you, you have to make shots. Your, your kids are going to be able to play defense, but you still got to make shots. And so you still got to get your shots up. We try to get a lot of shots up during the summer, uh, try to work on shooting. And that is the time to get better is in is in the off season and in the preseason also. But it, also in the in season, you still got to get those extra shots up. And a lot of that's on the player, individual player to get his shots in. You can take two, three players. And a lot of that's, you know, just it just uh, infectious. If you can get two, three players staying afterwards and, and two or three more players see it, you, you could get your whole team in there for an extra 15, 20 minutes. And I know it can't be every day because there's a lot of different activities going on, but if you could get an extra 100 shots up a day to start the season, by the end of the season, that's going to add up to a lot of extra shots. Maybe when you're playing in that district final or in the sub-district final or even the state tournament, if you've mm-hmm. got an extra 1,000, 1,500 shots up over the course of the, se- the season, would that lead to maybe an extra basket in the state tournament game? You know, There's a lot of games that are decided by one or two, one or two points or one or two baskets, and if each player got up those shots – uh, who knows what's going to transpire after that? Great point, Coach. One of the things that you hit on was the off season, and it's sort of again maybe ironic because that's the off season is when we're in season. Some of our teams' offenses may not be the best. We may have like one or two set plays. We may, and I'm talking in the summer, we may have you know our entire program may run the same couple two three out of bounds plays but our focus is not on that and I think it's important to to sort of communicate that with folks is because our summer program isn't about winning tournaments now don't get me twisted we're going to win we our goal is to compete and win if anybody knows me I'm probably the most competitive person that they may meet but at the end of the day we're trying to improve skills a lot of our time is spent working skill work, fine-tuning the fundamentals, adding maybe a move or a counter move and, and things like that. I feel like it's important to communicate that with folks that 
you know, we don't spend a lot of time working on man defense, I guess, if you will, even though that's the only thing that we play. But, you know, our focus is to... Good point, Coach. I'll take that back a little bit to uh, back to Joe and Impact in the training that, that I've done and, and Mitchell has done. Is Joe will tell you, and, and I'm a true believer in, in that, you know, what we train kids and how we train kids, it doesn't really matter what other coaches run. We, we try to train our kids just in, in basic, you know, basketball, you know, fundamentals, basketball moves that will work for any program. You know, we're not it's a great point. trying to run a specific thing for a kid, but we just feel that what we do during the summer with our training is that these kids will be allowed to come back and no matter if you run a two, three defense or man defense or a motion offense or a dribble drive offense, your players will be equipped to uh, handle it. We train kids just in basketball movements. And so whatever you run, we, we hope we're training our kids in ways that they can do basketball movements. So when they come back to you, no matter what offense or what defense you, you decide to run, these kids are equipped to handle that during the season. Yeah, and it's just a natural reaction. So the stuff that we're teaching or training and that Impact you know, teaches us to, to put in there is just a natural reaction. So whether that's a, a you know, catching a rip and a drive to the bucket and a one-two pull-up or a Euro step or whatever, it's just natural. And that's what, you know, it goes back to a lot of reps. We focus on, you know, let's, let's do this and then let's get 10, 15 reps and, and the efficiency of it as well. Well said, coach. So that kind of just brings me into the next point of what, what we really like about impact, why we feel impact is great and kind of a, a foundation of our program and workouts is some of the stuff that they hit on is efficiency and high energy. And a lot of what we do, and coach, I'll let you maybe elaborate a little bit more, but a lot of the, the drills that we focus on running is efficiency based and if you come to one of our practice or our tryouts or whatever it may be we're all pretty high energy and i think that you walk into one of our practice where we're running stations for example and i think people would go wow these kids are really getting after it there's a lot of sweat falling down to the floor and um, you know we've got a coach at every bucket uh, kind of yelling coaching uh, encouraging you know teaching to do it the right way lots and lots of reps Yes, and that was that's one of Joe's biggest things is, is is running an efficient workout and and having energy. I can tell you this that I've been a UPS driver for twenty eight years. Way too long. Yeah, way too long. Twenty eight <laughs> years I've been with the company for thirty two. But if anybody knows UPS, they are efficient. And so I don't know if it's like meant to be or whatever, but with the training I have at UPS being efficient and getting things done as fast as possible, safely as possible. I can relate to, to basketball workouts. So, you know, our philosophy is, you know, get in, get better, and get the heck out of the gym and go do what you want to do. Yeah, bingo. So we try to, you know, design our practices. And, and even my individual workouts that I do other than the D-League stuff is, is we do not run more than an hour just simply because I want the kids to come in and, and, and work as hard as they can and, and, and be done. We, we try to run as efficient as possible. And, and like Mitch said, we'll, we'll do stations. We'll, do, we'll just mix it up and mix it week to week. Yeah, and like a, kind of to hit on be, before, super high energy. So if we were to go more than an hour, those kids would be absolutely drained. 
Oh, they would be, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's usually what happens is they start checking out after an hour. Now with our team practices, we'll run hour and a half, but it's a lot more probably relaxed. It's still high energy, but it's a lot more relaxed when you put in a... A little more instructional. Yeah. Know. But yeah, we our skills always run an hour, and super, like we said, super high energy, and not a lot of instruction between drills. It's almost just... Hey, we're running stations. We've got four different stations going on. Coaches, you get a minute to explain the drill, and then we're going. Obviously, for us coaches, we've got to be on point for 60 seconds because we've got to communicate with the kids. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're focusing on. This is what's important in this. Usually, we go for about, what, eight or nine minutes after that, Coach, probably 10 minutes a station. Oh, 10-minute station, yes. With 60 minutes or 60 seconds of explaining kind of what's going on we got to be on point to say hey this is what we're focusing on you know whether it's this footwork or you know one two uh, into a jump shot and it's almost a learn as you go for the kids because some of them when they get to us or, or it's maybe their first year in the program they're pretty unskilled and that's just a natural thing because it's probably not something that they had necessarily focused on going back to joe and impact when he talks about it's helped me a lot and hopefully it'll help you know, the rest of our coaches is, is just like dropping nuggets as we're doing a drill and, and, and teaching points when we do a drill. So we don't have to stop a drill. If you look online and, and watch a lot of basketball trainers or even coaches, they'll, they'll stop practice or stop a drill and they'll, they'll sit there and they'll, they'll try to correct one kid. And all of a sudden, two minutes have gone by and we've missed a lot of reps. So a lot of what we do is is just dropping, you know, coaching nuggets, dropping tips as the drill is going on. So we don't stop a drill. And the two kids that are doing, you know, doing it right or the five kids that are doing it right and the one kid's doing it wrong, try to coach that kid on the move and, and drop those nuggets as uh, as the drill is going on. Yeah, that's a great point because we always focus and, and say, hey, we're not just coaching one kid. We're coaching all of you. So if, if one of you mess up or do it wrong, that's fine. But listen, and if you're doing it right, but then somebody else messes up, listen, because a lot of times you may do it right. And then the next time you do it wrong and maybe we don't catch it, but you, you know, listen to what the coaches are saying and learn, listen and learn, obviously. So I just want to reiterate what impact has done for me and hopefully our, our coaches that are in the process or some of our coaches have, have have been through the certification process and and we have a few more coaches and going through that process i've been blessed to be out there three years in a row now got to take mitchell out there and and experience that so got to get on the court with uh there's there's summer campers that come in from all over the world and and help with uh their drills and and see how they run things but been blessed to be part of impact and hopefully keep uh keep those guys uh in the process of me becoming a better uh skill coach and a better coach in general joe's legendary in the basketball skill development training world if you look if you want to look up his bio on impact basketball they have a nice website impactbball.com yes hopefully someday we'll be have the opportunity to include him in our our podcast because he has a great story to tell Uh, a little bit about him he started uh out at indiana University with the Hoosiers under Bobby Knight. So uh, that's a a great story. He has a great story to tell. And and Joe's a very awesome man. And to listen to his story is uh, pretty amazing. Check him out on Impact Basketball and learn about that. 
we're going to keep in contact with them, learning everything new that they do. I mean, he'll stress that the things they do with their pros is the same thing they do with their sixth, seventh, and eighth grade all the way through high school and college. And so that's pretty interesting. That's one of the things that really intrigued me about them when we, when we started. Impact basketball has been a great thing for, obviously, you, Coach, but also our program. And I feel like it gives us a little bit of validation on what we're doing. And more importantly than validation is education and just to keep us up to date. And, and going out there was, was such a great experience. You've been out there three times, four times. And I've, I was uh, lucky enough to be out to go out with you last fall, meet a bunch of guys who obviously professional athletes um, and just to watch the way that they work out. It's really not that much different than what we're doing. So impact has been awesome for us. We'll probably hit on that probably a lot. I mean, from time to time, we'll get into our Vegas trip a little more in depth here in, in a future episode and um, give you guys kind of the rundown of who we met, what we saw and where we were able to uh, sit and watch different practices and different workouts. And all right, well, coach, that's going to bring us into our next segment. Back to the prediction block. Substate finals. Is it district final or substate championship? What are you going with, coach? It's substate this year. That's what I'm going with, too. Substate championship. Let's talk about this for a minute, coach. Do you like the new setup with wild cards? What do you guys think? I do. I do, yeah. Personally, I think it, it's going to get the best eight teams there, yep. and you have to win. And, and granted, it was C1, C2. It was like there was always two wild cards in case you got beat. I think it gets. I think it's going to get the best eight teams there. It's going to be better for high school basketball in Nebraska. Yeah, me too. I really like the fact that you got to win to go. I didn't necessarily care for the fact that a wild, you know, wild card could lose in the district final but still go. Well, I think that was all right because yeah, I mean, they still gets the best team probably down there. It but does, but there was also the fact that you could get eleven and twelve team there. That's a good that, point. That played a really good game. But now it's it's set that the 11-12 team still gets that opportunity, but they have to win one more game to get into the state tournament. So, I mean, you see in football all the time where they have 16 or 32 teams in that the lower levels and, and the first-round games are just blowouts. I think with this system, every game at state now is going to be pretty tough. And, and, and granted, this time of year, there's nothing easy, but you still might see a few lopsided games in these uh, sub-state games. Uh, you're playing like a one against a six team. So yeah, exactly. you still might see some lopsided games. But with that being said, hopefully at the state tournament in two weeks, every every first round game is going to be one that you're going to go on sitting in the stands for. Very true. That's that's a good point. I just really like the fact that you got to win to be playing in Lincoln. I good. like that a lot. Yes, I do too. It's win or go home from here on out, baby. Our first matchup, the C-1-2 district final played at West Point Beamer High School. We have Wahoo Public versus the Wayne Blue Devils. We caught a lot of heat last week for for picking the Pierce Blue Jays but over the Wayne Blue Devils. But I, like you said earlier, Coach, 
that sub-district was wide open, and Wayne ended up making some plays. Yes. So I got a couple couple of my boys that I coached on one of my teams last year, Marcus Fertig, Tyler Gillen, and Shea Sweetland, some of the main leaders for the Wayne Blue Devils. And I was informed by a source that the first go-round that these two teams had, Wayne was either tied or leading at the end of the third quarter. And I feel like the Blue Devils have been playing tough lately, Coach. I think that they will give Wahoo a run for their money. And I think they're going to pull a little bit of an upset here. I can't argue that. I I watched them play in their district final. Uh, Cody Rogers was averaging five points a game. He played with us uh, one year, uh, Couple, took yeah. a year off last year. Hopefully we'll be getting back this year. A very athletic kid. Uh, scored 25 against uh, Norfolk Catholic on, uh, thurs- or on thurs- yeah, Thursday night. Yeah, right. And he's probably one of those kids that could almost do that anytime he wants to night in and night out yeah he's 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 athletic enough he's he's a special athlete for Wayne and then you put in Chase Sweetland and and uh Marcus Fertig Marcus, Marcus can get to the get to the bucket anytime he wants to also yeah he is he is sneaky you coached sneaky against good. him last summer coach yeah a couple, I hate first, coaching against Mar- Marcus <laughs> yeah he's sneaky good sneaky sneaky good so I wish them the best Against Wahoo. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a tough game. I think Wayne might surprise some folks here. And I'm going with my boys, the Blue Devils, to win a close one. Nice pick, Coach. Nice pick. Good luck, Coach Sweetland and the boys. All right, our second game. I'm going to let Coach Crilly take the mic and give us a little bit of a breakdown. What do you got, Coach? The next game that I got is Wakefield versus South Loop in West Holt. Of course, I'm going with the Trojans. I I like it. I mean, I had a couple of them over the summer, this past summer, with my boy Herb and Nick Arenas, and I think they're pretty well balanced as a team, and I think they're going to give some troubles. And I I think the basketball played in Northeast Nebraska is going to be tough for some competition. I think that we have a lot of good athletes around this area that not a lot of teams see out west. I'm going with the Wakefield. I don't think it's going to be close either. Mighty Trojans, baby. And real quick, a quick shout out to Blake Brown. I'm glad he's okay. Had a massive collision with Josh Brester from Howells. It was a really scary moment, and I'm really, really glad. I think I think both the kids are going to be able to play tomorrow. In the moment, I didn't think that would even be possible. So I'm really, really glad they both had uh, obviously a pretty quick recovery. Uh, I'm sure they'll still be hurting for a little while, but I'm glad they were able to play. I'm glad he's okay. And I like the Trojans too in that one, Coach Crow. What do you got, Coach? You're up next. We're going to take the C15 district final centennial with the Hastings Adams Central versus uh Ashland Greenwood. I see Ashland Greenwood coming out of this even though they're the 12th seed in C1 against really? Adams Central number 5. I like Ashland Greenwood for some reason. We had Nick we have a lot of Ashland Greenwood Shout kids out in our coach program. Jordan Wallman. Coach Jordan, yeah. Great coach. He's assistant coach down there. Uh, they have a lot of nice players. Uh Tyler Craven, who coaches for us, his little brother is a freshman this year, and he's one of the top freshmen he's in the stud. state. And yeah, uh, has, I believe, had at least one triple double so, as a freshman. So, Aston Greenwood, Greenwood has a lot of nice pieces, and I'm I'm picking them for the upset here on on this one. I'm wishing them all the best, and hopefully, we'll see them down in uh, Lincoln in uh, two weeks. So. <laughs> Upset alert. Upset alert. Let's go, Ashland Greenwood. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. 
I'm sure Coach Craven would agree with you. All right, that brings me to my next pick here. This one's a little special for me, Coach. I'm going with the D2-2 district final out in Broken Bow, Nebraska. We've got, not sure what the what the mascot is, but Creek Valley. Didn't even know that was a school. The prior Storm. To this. The Storm. Creek Valley Storm. I like it. Uh, versus the Osmond Tigers. It's my alma mater, as most people know by now. And Coach Schultz has became a great friend of mine. He's been a great asset to our program. We're lucky to have him. And I think he's going to have the boys ready to go tomorrow. Granted, like we said earlier, it's about a three-hour or so, give or take, drive, probably for both schools. And it'll be a tough one. And breaking news, no school in Osmond tomorrow. Woo! <laughs> Coach Grill's happy about that. But I got the Tigers Tigers in a blowout here, Coach. I got I got them real determined to get back down to state and uh, make some noise down there. Their goals are much bigger than being in Lincoln, I think, this year. And that's going to help them. So this one, they got to stay focused. The long, long bus drive, uh, long trip can be tough for them. But I got the Tigers in a blowout. What you think, Coach? I would, I would probably agree with that. There's not a lot of teams in the D two part of uh, class that have to travel that far. So I know that's always a big deal. As coaches always talk, the travel distance most, most of the time. These schools are, you know, traveling 45 minutes, half hour to their games. So that's going to be a big thing. Obviously, it's for both schools. I've watched Osmond play. Obviously, we know Coach Todd does an awesome job with these guys, and they were down at State last year, so they know what it takes to get to get down there. I'd agree with you. I think Osmond's going to come out of, of this one, but I don't know if it's going to be a blowout or not. I think it'll be a tight game the first half, and I think Osmond's depth and experience will uh, win out in the second half. I agree. I agree. I guess we'll see if it'll be a blowout or not. It might be closer than I'm assuming, but it's my hometown. I got to go big. All right, Coach Krill, what you got next? Uh, we are going with the D2 District 4, and it's the Humber St. Francis Flyers versus Lawrence Nelson. It's played in Hampton. I'm going with the Flyers. That one three one can be tough for teams if they're not ready for it. And they're always well coached and they got some couple studs on that team. And they also have some D League players on that team. So they always gotta go with the D League players. <laughs> um but yeah, I just think that one three one they play is always tricky, especially if you haven't you haven't seen it or you're not prepared for it. I think it's gonna be close just the way Humphrey likes to slow it down and play at their pace and I think it could be close but if they if Lawrence Nelson can't handle that 131 uh it won't be very close. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm I'm going with the Flyers. I got Humphrey in this one too. The just it's almost expected out of them to be down there every year and I don't want to put a jinx on them by any means, but they have that experience of being in Lincoln and I think that's a huge asset to have. Coach Bittner next up I've got a, a couple of games I want to address. Uh, the first one I'll address is uh, Battle Creek. Uh, they play in at Broken Bowl also, so they play. Uh, you nailed them getting to this place, Coach. Yes, I, I like I think, it. I think I did. I've watched Battle Creek play a couple times this year, and I've, I'm just really impressed with their coach and and their young players. They play they play really hard, and they had a big overtime win against uh, Ainsworth last week. 
And there again, you're looking at Bridgeport, and I know nothing about Bridgeport, but I see the number two seed and Battle Creek's number 15. But I will, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb right now, and and Battle Creek's going to uh, upset Bridgeport to hey. the state. I just think the mid states is tough. Maybe down a little bit this year, but it's still a tough conference in Northeast Nebraska. And, day in, day and out. let's go Braves right here. Uh, I'm uh, going to pick you for for the upset here on uh, tomorrow night. So, and, this, and the other game I'd like to address is Norfolk High will play in a district final tomorrow night Panther against Pride. Uh, Bellevue West. And I believe Bellevue West is number one in the I state. I think they are. And we've had previous uh, players that play for Norfolk High right now in our uh, that we've had in our D League program either in the in last year or in, you know in the last couple of years. Uh, Luke Kluver and uh, Cameron Eisenhower, Tyson Stelling, Stelling and and we have a few freshmen. uh, Tyler Wilson, my dog. Yes, in our in our program, and hopefully we get more of those guys in the future. But I wish them the best. They've got a tough task tomorrow night against Bellevue West. West, But uh, you never know because Norfolk shoots the ball so well. So if they're if they're on from the outside, uh, they have a they have a chance. Uh, wishing them the best tomorrow night when they uh, when they play at Bellevue West. So go get them, Panthers! All right, Coach, I like that a lot. That brings us to our next pick. I'm gonna let Coach Krill take it over again here. A couple boys that he coached. So, what you got, Coach? Yeah, we're looking at the D1 five district final in Albion, and it's Kennesaw versus Hardington Newcastle with my boys. Sam and Shay on that team. Um, Coach Bender pointed it out about Bridgepoint. I know nothing about Bridgeport. <laughs> I mean, Bridgeport. Um, I know a little nothing about Kennesaw. So, I'll, like, I'm going <clears throat> like the Humphrey pick. I'm taking the D League boys and Coach Hayes a horse. I think they he always gets their boys to play hard and. Shout out, Coach Hayes. We're trying to see some couple dunks from Sam and Shavey's hitting that threes. And they are the 12 seed, so we are looking at an upset here. Hey, in the uh, March Madness, 5-12, that's a, good, that's a good upset right there. Yes, it is. It could be. Are scary. Yeah, 12s are scary. That could be a new thing going forward for the state of Nebraska. There we go. I'm calling for them 12 seed. My last pick here, C-2-8 sub-state championship. Over in South Sioux, Laurel Concord Coleridge Bears versus the Ponca Indians. This is going to be a battle, and I think your boy, Coach Schulte, right here, might be in attendance tomorrow night, weather permitting. But I believe this is the fourth time they've played. I think Ponca's gotten Laurel twice, and Laurel took care of business one time. If my sources are right, Isaac Riefenrath missed a game winner on Thursday night. Noah played well. Isaac played well. I really like the passion that those two boys play with, and I think that they really want to get down to Lincoln. It's going to be an absolute battle. I think those two schools go way back. It's going to be a great game to be in attendance, uh, again, weather permitting. But I'm going to go with the Bears this time. I doubted them last week. I got some some feedback and uh, about that, so which I appreciate, by the way. Let me know. Let me know. I'm going with the Bears. I think it'll be a battle. I'm going to say Noah, Noah or Isaac will make some big plays down the stretch, and we'll see those boys in Lincoln. What do you think, Coach? My opinion on that game is uh, shout out to Kale. Uh, he played for us last year too. I think he's a big piece of that team. I also think that 
Cardinals. Boy State basketball, it'd be a pleasure for all the fans down there to watch uh, Laurel play because they have some very nice players and uh, they can really play the game. So I think it'd be awesome to see Laurel make it down there. I agree. I agree. And it's going to be a it's going to be a fun game. Coach Bittner and I will be texting back and forth, I'm sure, on score updates. Because, Coach, what are you planning to do tomorrow night? I am planning on going to, this is awesome, Fremont Bergen is playing Boyd County over in Battle Creek tomorrow night. And we've had uh, we had a lot of Bergen kids in our, our Fremont uh, D-League program this year. So it's, it's, it's awesome that they get to come up this direction and, and play their district uh, or sub-state final game. So Bergen's going to win this game. I don't, they've With played. With confidence, Coach. Bergen will win this game. I like it. They've played a lot of C1 competition. I know they have eight losses, but a lot of those losses, if you look at them, are, are to some very good uh, quality teams. And, and, and Bergen is a very good team. I know Coach Menarik will have those boys ready to go. I love him. does a great job with those guys, and I wish nothing but the best for them. And I'm going to be over in attendance tomorrow and, and hopefully, well, not hopefully, watch them cut down the nets over in Battle Creek tomorrow night. So That's going to be a fun time for you, Coach. you got a lot of kids that you've either worked out or that played for us last summer, um, and it'll be a pretty special moment. I'm assuming that they're going to take care of business as well. Yes, I uh, have a lot of faith in Grant and Dre and, you know, those boys that they'll take care of business. We'll see them down in Lincoln. So let's go. All right. Well, hey, that concludes our predictions. Uh, As Coach Bittner said last pod, hey, don't be mad at us. (laughs) They're just predictions. But some bold ones, I might add, some bold ones. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how close we are. And we'll, uh, you know, best of luck to everybody playing tomorrow. I hope everybody can play to the best of their abilities and have a great night, win or lose. Uh, We're proud of all of our D-League guys and all the other local teams and coaches. And, you know, making it this far is pretty special in itself. So we just hope to see our areas represented in Lincoln here in about 10 days or so. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Appreciate it. Send in your uh, questions. We'll get better at this, I promise. Yeah, one last thing. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Good luck tomorrow, Coach Krill. I know you'll be uh, holding Coach Schultz's clipboard with pride. Best in the state. (laughs) That concludes our second podcast of the D-League Perspective. Next uh, next time up, we'll be maybe dropping some nuggets from our Vegas story, or our Vegas trip, I should say. At some point, we're going to get into Charmin and how that became one of our most common terms throughout the summer, as well as its counterpart, sandpaper. And we'll give a little bit of state basketball predictions, talk through. Uh, We'll hit on some of our D-League guys that will be playing in Lincoln, trying to live out their dreams of cutting down the the big nets at the bank. We'll have a few other things. I know Coach Craven really wanted to be on the pod today, but unfortunately the roads are a little slick for him so we'll introduce coach craven next time i know coach gade wants to get on at some point and so it'll be a lot of fun Uh, keep in mind our tryouts coach are a month away march 23rd and 24th let's go we hope to see a lot of kids at our tryouts march 23rd at norfolk catholic and march 24th at fremont high with that tell your friends We appreciate you listening. Send us some some questions to answer. And D-League out.